Hi, I'm Libby Delena, co-host of This Morning Walk podcast. Every week, I join my friend and fellow walk star, Alex L., to talk about this daily practice that is near and dear to our hearts. And it's about so much more than simply walking. It's about what we're walking through, what we're experiencing, feeling, and seeing every week. And today, as a listener of the stories we tell, I wanted to share a special episode of this Morning Walk podcast, where Alex and I welcome Joanna Gaines to hear about what she's currently walking through in this season of her life. So if you enjoy this episode, listen or follow to This Morning Walk podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes come out every week, and we'd love to have you join us wherever you find yourself on your own journey. Thanks for listening, and have a great walk. Blind Nil Audio. I'm Alex L. I'm Libby Delena. Welcome to This Morning Walk Podcast. (laughs) Libby. Yes, Alex. This is the day that we have our first guest on the show. I know. We've been talking about this for a while. We have. It's exciting. It's so exciting. I'm so glad to bring the community into our conversations. Like this is something you and I have been wanting to do since we started the pod. I know. And I think we have an ongoing list of many people that we are excited to talk to. And this first guest is very exciting. This is how we came together, how you and I ended up in each other's lives. So it's particularly, particularly meaningful. Yeah, it's really special. So today on the show, we have Joanna Gaines joining us and We're just sitting down and talking. It's like three girlfriends catching up, which is what we have always wanted this show to be. I mean, just three folks in community, in conversation, in our truth. I'm just so excited that we're going to have guests on the show. Like, I just (laughs) am beside myself. I cannot wait to talk to other folks about where they're walking, what they're walking through, how they came to this practice, if they're new to it, if they're veterans. Like, I am so excited to just be in conversation with other people and bring them into this space that we've created. And having Joe on the show as our first guest, it just makes sense because Magnolia Magazine is how I found you. And I just feel like it's very divinely aligned, everything. And you'll hear it in the conversation. Just, I don't want to spoil it, but I loved it all. I love you so. I love you too. Y'all enjoy this conversation with me, Libby, and Joanna Gaines. Finally. Hi, good morning. (laughs) How long have we been talking about doing this? I do wish um, we were really walking in person, but that's for another time. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's dive in. I'm I'm really excited to chat with you. Um, we can't talk to you without talking about how Libby and I met, which is essentially through you before we knew you. <laughs> I love this story. It is amazing that we're all on this conversation together because this is, I mean, it is you that is the reason we're all connected. It's just wow. glorious. Yes. Yeah. You tell the story, Alex. So I was... 
oh my gosh, where was I? I think I was in Milwaukee visiting my in-laws and me and my husband were waiting at the terminal to board. And I was like, well, let me go get a snack or two. And then of course there's Magnolia Magazine with all the other magazines. And I'm like, this is the only magazine that I actually want to read. So I'm just going to grab this one, <laughs> see what Joe is talking about. And um, I open the magazine when I sit down and it flips immediately to Libby. She's in this like forest, which I have walked with her in since seeing that. And um, she's this tall, white haired lady, badass who walks every day. And I was like, I told Ryan, I'm like, she walks every day. She has walked the circumference of the earth. I was just- Since 2011. Hello, floored, okay. And I was in a transition in my life where I was just like, I need something new. And I immediately bought her book, listened to it like three times, read it and highlighted it. I got some words tattooed on me actually. Wow. Um, and I, I and then I DM'd her and stalking her. I'm just like, I love you. Um, can we be friends? Uh, I'm, I'm going to start walking. And now we're here. There's the Cliff Notes version, but it's all because I saw her in Magnolia. I always get the chills when I hear that story because I do feel like there's so many times in life we don't understand like how one thing leads to another thing and like just that one act of I'm going to get this and then the connection, you know, it just, it's so special. It's like miraculous, magical, whatever. It just feels so divine that you two were to meet and now what you're doing even with this podcast and just your friendship and it's so beautiful. And to think it was because of a article in the magazine that was inspiring us as a magazine team because of Libby. Mm-hmm. And so it's just so special. And now all three of us are here and it's like, it's like some things are just destined to be, you know? Yeah, they are. And the thing that is, I would say, moving, shocking, important to me is um, it's all because of an activity we can all do walking. Right. And I, I'm so grateful for this practice that I happen to have started, you know, coming up on 12 years ago. But that's what we're here to talk about is the impact of going for a walk and how it can change our lives. And we've just discussed quickly how it's changed all of our lives. Mm -hmm. It's certainly changed my life. And Joe, I know you are in the process of creating your walking practice. Share with us what that is. You know, Well, right now, this week, it's looking like I need Libby to um, (laughs) inspire me. I, I will tell you with weather, Chip says I'm the biggest brat. When it gets a little cold, I just can't function because I go through these phases where when I, when we originally met via DM, via the internet, whatever it's called, (laughs) I had, I was reading your book, Libby. I started walking and this was, um, I feel like last fall, so like a year ago. Yes. And I started the practice of walking every day, whether, and I remember you saying rain, shine, whatever. I, when it was raining, I just, I went for that walk. And then something happened with my back, had surgery in December. And then it just was hard for me to ever get back on track because part of me was like, was I walking too hard? I mean, the one time I'm actually finally like doing an activity and then my back goes out. So now I'm just like cautious. I like don't know what it is, but for me mentally, I always know that season was so special when, even when it was cold, like it is right now, Mm. that practice of just, it was that clarity. It was that every, there was never a time I regretted it. So it took me a while to get back on track, but I'm here again. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. I didn't walk this week (laughs) because it's too cold. Fair enough. But the second I say I'm going to do it, I do it. 
I am a slacker right now and I'm being honest with y'all, but after this conversation, you can hold me accountable and I'm going to walk my butt in that cold rain and freeze, but it's going to be so good. Well, here, let me tell you something. Okay. So the first year of walking, I was like, okay, that was cute. Walking every day outside. That was cute. Okay. Um, but it had gotten really cold in Maryland, and I was like, I'm getting a walking pad. I'm not going to turn. I'm going to tell you what a walking pad is in one second. Okay. I am not going to turn this practice that I love into something that I despise, and that's a pain in the butt to do. And so I Googled indoor walking pad, and it literally is a treadmill a portable treadmill that folds in half. You can store it under your bed. You can store it under the credenza, which is where mine is. And when it's too late, I mean, I have three kids. Sometimes it's just like, I don't want to go out for a walk. There's so many other things to do, but I will get on my walking pad and and put that thing on 3.2 and walk a good one and a half, two miles and boom, I'm done. And that's my walk. And I shared last year on, I'm walking into year, I celebrated year two in September. Sure. Make this practice your own practice. Mm. This isn't about doing it like Libby because I was like, nope. I'm getting up at five okay. in the morning I love and I'm going out. Nope. And and she was like, don't do that. If you hate it, don't do that. That's so – well, I thought maybe part of the weather was part of the – thing but I will tell you this after the day the day I DM'd you that night it it got dark because it's getting darker now because of the fall and I walk on the farm on this back road and I'm gonna be honest at night I'm always scared of coyotes I'm like my luck Mm -hmm. and I never I because it's on the farm I don't take a phone I just try to be completely but then I'm like I'm going to get chased by coyotes and not, so I don't go out at night so then I have a treadmill in the garage so I was like fine I'll walk on the treadmill I pushed power. It's not working. I unplug it. It's like my treadmill went out. So I'm like, dang it. Okay. I'm going to link you with the walking pad. Maybe I need a walking pad. <laughs> well, and here, the bottom line is my walking practice is only mine. It looks, it looks the way it does because it suits me. And it is not a system. It is not a recommendation. It is it is an invitation. I love that. To build a little bit of time in your life to go for a walk wherever, however. There are times for me, honestly, when things are really busy that and I say I'm going to the market, I park as far away from the front door as I possibly can. I get into my this morning walk time frame and it's literally a two minute walk to the front door. And I hold that as being really important and really sacred, but it does not, it's not about the number of steps. It's not about the number of miles. And so the invitation is make it joyous and something you love. The invitation is choose yourself. Choose Mm, yourself. I love that. We've talked about this so much about the fidelity to this practice, like the choosing of self, the choosing of, okay, okay, I may not get my long walk in today, but I want to move my body. I want to take two minutes to be mindful. So I'm going to park in the Trader Joe's parking lot far away and take my sweet time walking. And so I want to shift the conversation a little bit and talk about, Joe, what you're walking through right now, emotionally, spiritually, um, in your own maybe mindfulness practice, Mm -hmm. because this isn't just about let's go out for a walk. It's also, okay, nope. what are we walking through? What are we thinking about? So what's been coming up for you lately? This has just been such an interesting season. Um, 
I'm going to try to, because I feel like there's like phases, but the last 10 years of our lives, we feel like we're a bit of a whirlwind. It was like, mm. um, where are we? we were 2023. So in 2013, I think is when the show started and we were just really naive. Didn't, you know, we were like, oh, we love doing renovations. We were already doing them for clients. But then when that became a show, everything kind of got uprooted because we just, we weren't ready for it. Or maybe we were ready for it, you know, interpersonal. Like we always joke that if this would have happened 10 years earlier, it would have like spiraled us. But thank God we were, mm. we we kind of yeah. knew what was important to us. We weren't trying to figure things out. So we do feel like it came at the right time. But the last 10 years has just been a whirlwind. When I look back, I'm like, hard for me to remember details. And I don't mm. know if it was out of just like trying to survive and make it through. Because when I say that, it was really exciting, but also just really hard. A change was happening every second. A change and growth and then ungrowth, all the things. So <laughs> I say all that because this year is our 20th anniversary for when I opened Magnolia, when we opened Magnolia, 20th anniversary of when we got married, and then really like the 10th anniversary almost of when Fixer started. So it feels like this significant year but it's the first year that Chip and I are going, what's in front? Like what's next? Yeah. And for whatever reason, we don't see it. And we've never not seen it. Like our whole marriage, mm. our whole journey as partners in business. And even we've just kind of said, this is the next thing. We, we just love to build things. We love to create things. You know, people are like, you're doing too much. But we just, we love to build. We That's who we are. But for whatever reason in this 20th year, we're like, we've stopped and we're like, Huh. And I really feel like it's a gift, honestly, that I don't have like a, this is the next thing. I mean, we just finished a hotel, which is like the biggest project we've ever done on Friday. So now I'm like, what is next? And for us, I think we're finally just for the first time feeling, really feeling some things that we didn't maybe have time to feel in the past we're reflecting, we're looking back because we don't know what's ahead. So now we're going, well, how do we look back and count all the, I kind of say it like all the mishaps, the miracles, the memory, like mm. all the stuff, like take account of that. Cause the last 10 years we we've just moved. I think the gift that you are being given is you're being given the gift of space mm. and peace, the gift of being, yes. not yeah. doing. Yes. Oh, that's good. And I'm a doer. <laughs> the fact that you aren't hearing loudly about what you should be doing, I would argue that the message you're getting is what you should be being. I love it. Is being. Being is more fun than doing. <laughs> right now. Isn't it? It's so yes. great. And yes. even with this podcast, to be completely honest, like a lot of the times I, I want to like, okay, what are we going to talk about? What are, Just to be mentally prepared because I'm a processor and I want to show up and and, and feel like, you know, I'm ready for whatever the conversation is. And for whatever reason, my instinct was don't look at any of that. Just show up because of the, the way you two communicate. It's just a flow and it's just authentic. And so it's just freeing to be like, I don't even know what we're going to talk about. I do need to be honest with them that I haven't been walking, but um, <laughs> 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 and there's no judgment. I don't feel judged. No. No. And so normally, you know, I'm all about move forward. And, but for me, this year has been one of deep reflection of really hold what happened to you guys the last 10, 20 years. And another side as a mom, <laughs> you asked me, Alex, I'm telling you. Tell us. We are here. All of it. <laughs> as a mom. Um, so my oldest is 18 and he moved out in August. 
um, to go to college. And, you know, the, this last week I was like really reflecting about, I've always said, I don't like change. I've always said that I'm resistant to change. And I really am. I'm married to a man who loves change and loves. So I have learned to exercise a muscle I didn't know I had. And when you exercise it, you actually start getting good at change and you start like figuring out, oh, change equals growth equals good. So I've, I feel like I've got that rhythm and I figured it out this last 10 years. But when you think about all the change that's happened in our lives, I've been pretty even kill. Like Chip has said, this last 10 years, you've been consistently Joe. And so part of me is just because I, I felt like I was grounded and it was good. But my son leaves for college. Um, that change is a different thing as a mother that I'm like that. I mean, is that why I'm not seeing vision? Like, really, I'm like, it's mm-hmm. that mm. beautiful disruption that's natural. Because yeah. I, I want to I wanna say it in a way where it's like, it's sad. It's like that idea of like holding sadness and joy all in one thing because it's possible. You know it's coming as a mother. And if you're like Chip, you're like celebrating it. And if you're like me, you're like, it just happened too fast and – once my oldest left, I have another one who's 17, another one who's 15, another one who's 14. That's going to happen real fast. And I'm like, am I going to be like losing my freaking mind? <laughs> because that one was hard. So I don't know. It's this beautiful journey, I think, that I've never felt so deep as a mother, this connection you could have with a kid and even just home and mm. the, these moments that we get to create and to not take them for granted. And then even now, I don't see him as much. Obviously, he's off in college, but my heart just swells about the idea of him growing beyond us. So that makes oh me really gosh. happy, but I miss him. Yes. Yes. Well, my oldest is 15 mm. and she'll be 16 in a few weeks. And when I tell you, not ready. I am so sad, but so happy. It's such a weird thing yes. to hold. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm right there with you. I'm not ready for 18, but sending you love, Mama, because thank you. Just know I feel you. Okay, <laughs> thank you. And I feel like I'm going through a midlife crisis. I mean, aren't we all? Um, so then I'm like, and Chip is like, Joe, you, you know, for the 20 years we've been married, I'm pretty much like, again, I don't, I'm not super emotional. Chip is the emotional one, but I have turned into something he doesn't understand now. He's like, you cry all the time. And I'm like, I'm just making up for the 20 years that I have been unemotional. And I actually, I'm having fun being emotional. I'm like, oh, I feel things. Like I, I, I'm not resisting it. I actually think there's so much healing and not holding things in that I'm like, this is part of all of it. So now I just love crying. I just cry. The other day I was like getting a facial, wasn't thinking, I just started crying. And she was like, oh, did I hurt you? I was like, no. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, she was probably like, oh my God. But I cried. I couldn't stop it. It just comes now. I can't stop it. But I love it. It's like, oh, because I'm feeling. It's like, this is real and it feels good to feel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that as a mom of two boys that are launched, yes. that ecosystem combined with um, bodily changes, midlife, I mean, it's like, woo, all sorts of so many shenanigans things. going on. So many things. <laughs> I don't know. I had a friend who basically said, when they go off to college, you just should wear sunglasses all the time because you're just crying all the time. <laughs> She's like, just get a couple of really good sunglasses and tuck them all over the place. And just, is, just put them on. I just love- put them on. <laughs> Wait, I wore my sunglasses in a meeting the other day and I said, I think I'm getting a migraine. Okay, everybody, I'm lying because I was crying. So I, of course. I didn't want them to think, 
oh, Joe's losing her mind, but it was in a meeting I was leading. But I was like, they can't see this right now because I'm trying to like lead a meeting. Exactly. Let's normalize women crying in meetings. The problem is I'm a really ugly crier. And so (laughs) we can normalize it, but I got to figure out how to be a pretty crier first. (laughs) Well, in the meantime, just tuck sunglasses wherever you might need them. I mean, like cup holders, pockets, all that kind of thing. Hey, walk stars, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to this morning walk podcast. Well, the other thing I was about to say is I will say the one thing I've really learned in this walking practice is that, and I've said this, I think probably to both of you before, I don't know what I'm feeling unless I'm walking. When I add motion to my emotions, I begin to understand them. But I love the motion to the emotion, like that idea. And when I, when I started that thing of like, I need to walk and I, and it became this like thing where I was diligent again, even in the ray, I thought that's how I was supposed to do it. Cause that's how you do it. But I love that. It's like, you. but I really did appreciate the, when it was so cold, I was a more attuned to something. My body, yeah. like, again, it's important to feel something. Yeah. And, but what I would always start, I would always say, I would start my walk with guilt in my gut or anxiety or, and then at the end of the walk, that would leave. And that's why I had to walk. And so lately with just like everything feeling like a swirl and whatever, I feel like finally, like all this stuff is the hotel's done. We did celebration and now I've got a slower November and December is where I want to put this back into practice. My back is fixed. I can do all the things, but it's truly because I don't want to care. I now know what it feels like to carry guilt. I used to, the way Mm. I felt my whole life, I thought was just how I feel where now Mm. I'm like, I, I'm going to let you stay for a second so I can identify what's going on, but I need you to go. And walking is to me the best way to get that physically out, like move it out up to my head and out. And so it's, yeah, it's like addicting. Once you realize when you're done walking, there's not that anxiousness, there's not that fear, there's not that guilt. And then on a day where you may have, like you said, a five minute walk, your body now knows how to do that practice of, Hey, what you're feeling right now, get it out, deal with it, process it. But I can't, the, the, I think about my life and the years, 30, 40 years that I've held on to stuff thinking that's just me and how I carry things was really me like bottling it up. And now I'm like, oh, freedom is walking past it, like dealing with it. But mm-hmm. so walking is something, journaling and walking is like, and I feel like that's both of your expertise. I mean, you have practiced in almost a way of perfecting it where it's like inspires so many of us to do it. I do feel like it's just, it's just a discipline. It's a daily discipline. That's actually so healthy. So I love that it's cold outside and I'm going to get my butt out there and do it. And I will (laughs) always think of you two as my accountability partners because I need it. I should just send you a picture every day just to say I did it. Do it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's day by day, step by step. And something that walking has taught me is how to trust myself. Mm -hmm. I started walking when my youngest was just turned two. Mm -hmm. I felt so disconnected from my body, from who I was. I had my two youngest kids 20 months apart. I just felt like a milk machine and like just somebody who was constantly pouring out and not getting anything in return. And, And that's not necessarily because I wasn't being supported. It was more so because I had this complex of like, I can do it. If I'm not doing it, then it doesn't count. 
Right. And so walking really helped me figure out how to identify my wants and needs, how to tell my husband, here is how I need you to show up for me. Here's how I want you to show up for me. Even our oldest, even my sister friends, like, I just need y'all to come over here, hold this baby and cook a meal so I can go shower. Right. And so like just identifying, walking has taught me how to identify my truth without shrinking and without second guessing that, oh, am I even worth this? Mm -hmm. Like I'm the container. I'm the one who holds everybody's stuff. I'm the one who has the capacity. But really other people have capacity for us. And walking has taught me to trust my community, which brings me kind of to our next shifting question of community and what that means for you. You Mm -hmm. said earlier that y'all love to build and we know y'all build tangible, beautiful things, but what has community taught you about building and like how you walk through life with other people? Yeah. For us, I think community is everything because it makes us remember we're not on an island. And sometimes community truly is because of our lives and how busy with our five kids, it's it's our family. Like yesterday we sat around the table, Drake came home. And so I made a big lunch and we just sat and lingered around the table. And it was just like, I was like, this is my community today. And this is my mm. like, oh, it fills my tank. And I, so I think community is such an important piece. And so I think the lie is that a lot of times is that you, it's just me and Chip trying to figure this out together on an island. That's mm. not the truth though. The truth is that we have a beautiful community, even our team around us here at Magnolia that rallies around that helps us try to make the best decisions. But then our community, as far as friends, like this month has been just busy. And I typically am one to hunker back and to stay home and to just like try to refill by myself in the garden. Mm-hmm painting, pressing, like that's just what really fills my tank is alone time. I'm just like built like that. Same. Um, Chip, on the other hand, loves that community. And so last week I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out of my comfort zone. And every weekend has been busy for the last like eight weekends. And so I was going to hunker down and stay home. We finally had a free weekend. Instead, I decided to invite 22 people to (laughs) go to dinner last (laughs) night. And Chip this morning was like, Joe, you were smiling and laughing so hard. And, uh, and so even in the moment where I, I thought my body needed retreat mm-hmm. and rest, and sometimes it truly does, I instinctively knew I needed community. And so last mm-hmm. night we stayed out way too late on a Sunday night, and I feel like I need a filter for this Zoom call. Um, but it was so good for the soul. And, and it was something that like I fought for community. I need people and I need our friend group mm. and I need to know we're not alone. And so that, and then mm. obviously our, we're so close to our parents and my sisters. And so, you know, finding community, no matter if it's family or work or it's just, we are made to work together and we are made to yes. be together. And yes, there are times where alone time is so healthy and good. But you have to fight for it, especially in today's world where it's like you have to fight. A lot of it's kind of false community, I think, where we think yeah, yeah we have a community. True. And it's really at the end of the day when all hell breaks loose, who's really going to be there for you when all hell breaks loose? And that's like what you, you need to fight for and like fostering that. You know, what's interesting for me is my uh, sense of community has shifted a little bit. I've spent uh, quite a bit of time kind of by myself this last year for a variety of seasons, all terrific. Yes. And I have found in my walking practice, I'm out here in Northern California, I'm out by the Redwoods mm. um, in this glorious location. And 
I am now finding that for me, yes, community of spirits and souls and friends and family are essential to well-being. And I think I, this may sound really esoteric, but I kind of feel like, gosh, I walk this one trail all the time. Like the trees are now my community. I knew you were going to say that. I'm like, <laughs> I know you were. She's going to talk about being <laughs> friends with the trees. Well, I'm friends with the flowers. <laughs> They're, all the flowers are my friends in the garden and they know everything. Yes. They know everything. I saw you smile, Alex. I'm like, she knows exactly where I'm going. <laughs> I, I, every now and then I'm like, there's this one tree. I'm like, good morning, mama. I see you. <laughs> there is such wisdom embedded in you. You've got, you have got these deep roots. You're connected to your sister's next to you. They have this, you know, the top of their tree line is something called crown shyness where the leaves don't touch. So they give each other space. Oh my I'm like, you, you all have this figured out, my it's friends. Beautiful. And so as I walk on this one path I, and when the wind comes in, they just, you know, move. So the way I visualize it is these trees have these deep, I want to be like them. Yes. They have these yes. deep roots. They are rooted. They are grounded. They know who they are. They are in their place. Mm -hmm. And when the storm blows through, they just sway. Mm, they hold each other through it. They hold each other and they move and they don't get, I mean, obviously sometimes they do tip over. That's extreme. But the general feeling is, so I will say, I have this one walk that I do very regularly and I'm now like, okay, you are my friends and actually <laughs> the ancestors of the earth are my friends. Those who've walked before me are my friends. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know who you are. I honor you. I am so glad there's this path. It's made by the people who came before me. It's made by the Bobcat who I saw the other day and walked right past me. So <laughs> Libby, you terrify me when you talk about that damn cat. I know. I'm like, and I'm scared of coyotes. Coyotes are terrified of me. A bobcat. Well, I, well, one of my sons said, he basically was like, okay, that's, this is enough, mom. This is enough. <laughs> I, I, we're, we're done with that. I would like you to get a fanny pack and in it, there's a whistle. There's like, we're going to grow up a little bit. <laughs> he sent me links to all this, you know, smart safety stuff. Cause I maybe am a little too cavalier, but I will say, so for me, I've expanded my notion of community to be, of course, the essential family, friends, being right there together. I hold hands with my dear friends all the time, male and female, old and young. I mean, that that component's really important. And now I sort of feel like I walk past their redwoods and I'm like, oh, mm. good morning. But that's that next layer that I think so many of us miss because I think the, like you said, community is like a known thing. Everyone knows. Yeah. Like if you're, that, that's the first thing you know, whether you do it or don't. We know that. Mm -hmm. That next layer of like this communion with nature or this thing that only nature can give you because it's so pure and good that I think sometimes people forget to tap in and go a little deeper. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. Like there's days where the garden calls me into the, and I have nothing to say, nothing. And I just feel like it's teaching me so much in the quietness that it's like, nature is such a gift in that way. And when you can go beyond the layer of like that physical, tangible conversation and go deeper and realize there's some stuff that you can't see, hear, or know, but just have to trust is so good for your soul. That interaction is so healing too. So I, I love that idea. There's lessons in the dahlias. Oh, 
So do you grow Dolly? I mean, I just saw your post. I love flowers. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of mobile right now, so I don't have a garden where I'm doing that. But one of my really dear friends where I live at home, Mary Jo, she is like the Dahlia queen. I'm obsessed with Dahlias. I love them. I've started growing them in the garden. Um, and there's just something about... And the tubers, like how ugly, oh, like those. everything about the process. I'm like, that is life right there. And don't throw it away and it will come back. And some sometimes the ugliest things are the most beautiful things. Like I lo- I've become obsessed with dahlias as well. And to be really ridiculous, this, this is, um, I'm a graphic designer, so I like things to be lined up. Yes. I like things to be kind of kerned really nicely. Yes. A dahlia <laughs> to me is like, look at all, look at the precision. The look perfection. at the Fibonacci sequence. Yeah. The perfection. <laughs> I love that. I just looked it up. I just looked up what the meaning of dahlias are. And it's a symbol of devotion, love, beauty, and dignity. Dang. I love right. it. Right. Yeah. So the title of this podcast is going to be Trust the Dahlias. Trust, Trust the, the dahlias. dahlias. Amen. Alex, why don't you tell us about your community? You're so smart about this, by the way. I love you. I love you. I think I love you a little bit more, (laughs) especially after the talk of the trees and groundedness. Like, love it. I think for me, I have especially, so I turned 34 in July and I've been looking at what it means to have community in this season of my life. And for me, it is having women in particular around me who I feel safe with who don't try to fix what's wrong, who just hold space and listen. Yes. And so as someone, there's one friend that I have, she's a new friend and we've been friends for about a year now. And she is one of the only people I will walk with outside of you, Libby. And we don't have to be talking. Mm -hmm. We can just be together. She's a photographer and she takes her camera. I'll bring my camera and sometimes we'll go on photo walks. We won't even say a word. We'll just be with each other. And I think that that is what I need more of is just being with people who make me feel safe, even in the silence, like not trying to fill with noise, with small talk, but just feeling each other's energy. Like that is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. things to be with people who I love and not necessarily have to be sitting and talking, but just sitting and being with each other. And I would say back to the mama thing, walking with our kids is like, I think, magical. I will say I'm not a fan of walking with my kids. I will say that. <laughs> I, love, <Fair> enough. <laughs> I love my children. I love walking Isla to school every morning, but I will say. It's yeah, a different walk. I love it. It is, a, it is a different walk. Crew will take me somewhere I wasn't planning on going. That's not even a walk <laughs> anymore. It's I'm chasing him. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but Alex, it's funny you say that. This morning, Chip and I were talking because last night, you know, we had we were sitting at this table, and I, my sister, my little sister, who were very close, I looked at her. I was like, "You need to sit next to me." So she comes and sits next to me, and I was explaining to Chip. We said zero words to each other, but I put my hand because I'm um, I'm pretty introverted, and so yes, these are my friends, and but I still just need that like. So I put my hand under her leg so I was touching her. So the whole night, she's just right by me. And I told Chip, I was like, that is to me the sweetest thing that with me and my sister, when she comes over, we just have a cup of coffee. We just sit there. We're like, 
And that's all I needed was just someone to sit in the silence with me. We don't have to try to have a conversation. We don't have to try to figure things out. It's just the presence of being together. And so her sitting next to me last night was what brought me like comfort and peace so that I could become extroverted with everyone else around me. But me just touching her was like my comfort. And we said nothing to each other. And we were both fine. Like we both know that's our safe place. Like you don't, she's not mad at me because she didn't say anything. It's just like, we just need to touch each other. And then, so I, I love that, that it's just like, there's certain people in our community that just allow us to be completely nothing yeah, and be good. Just like, I'm just sitting here and we're good. It's beautiful. It's a gift. And in a way that, um, when you say we can just be with nothing or be nothing, it's everything, right? Yes. That's the a dichotomy of it. It's like, it fills me up the most. It's just like, uh, exactly the stillness. There's so many messages in the stillness. And also just the, you know, the, the other day there were two really cool things that came up that now that we've like, we're getting out of October and like, there's some fun opportunities that came up for November, like that Chip and I could have done. And I sat there and I was like, I was really excited about November and December being quiet, but Mm. these are like opportunities of a lifetime. And I kind of sat there and thought, I wonder if I just say no. I mean, we, we say no a lot typically just because it's hard with five kids in this business to really do anything. But, but in, in a, in a, in a, like a, wow, I'm honored that you asked me to do this, but I'm going to say no to it. And when I got off the call, I was like, Oh, I don't have anything now in no, like there's something about doing nothing. That's like, it is okay. And it's actually, you know, I think when you're, when, when all this life that we're all in, especially with social media and then like trying to stay relevant or not and trying to influence and not like all the things, sometimes you forget, you can forget what is my intent. And so for me every day, I have to be like, why am I doing even like, why would I post this? Like if I'm, am I posting this for, I have to like get really deep into why am I doing what I'm doing? And then like pivot if there's any weirdness about other than I'm doing this because it's good. And so I think sometimes we get wrapped up in how do you stay relevant? Well, you have to keep saying yes to things. You have to keep showing up. And, and there is just a rest that comes with, ah, I don't care. That needs to go on a shirt, Joe. That's merch. Eh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, eh, yeah. I, D, C. It's so freeing to be like, yes. I'm not going to get on that hamster wheel because- Because I'm tired. I've been on the wheel. And you can never get off. And so the point is, is yeah. like, if, if if it's meant for us to be relevant, if that's meant for us, it will not, it, but if we're chasing it, it it's going to always feel forced. It's going to feel a little bit icky and people can sense that. And so yep. I think it's just like, wow. <laughs> so it's just that being part and not preparing and not planning. And again, cause I've done that my whole life and, and there's seasons where that is absolutely necessary. But I think again, with that uprooting of my first son, like leaving, I want to be more than do because I have four children at home that I want to be there for. And, and they appreciate when I do things for them, but being there and being there for Chip and even being there just for myself is just the richest thing. So yeah, I'm thankful for the quiet. Yeah, I think that's the note you're being given, I suspect. And I will say that, I don't know if I've ever really said this out loud before, but when I start a walk, I actually say out loud, welcome to right now. Wow. Be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. Be here. I love Nowhere it. else. Yeah. 
<laughs> and um, so, by the way, we are going to be looking for your texts on where you're walking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and if they don't, there's going to be a lot of um, cow poop and goat poop because it's the back road and I have to walk around it. For whatever reason, they don't do that in the pasture. They do it on my road. And I'm like, really? So you, I'm not joking. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, she's really in the pasture. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's great. Oh, I love that. So I think to to round out our conversation, I I think it would be good to end with, I have a few things, but I'm going to pick one. The one that's speaking to me the most is what impact do you want your legacy to be outside of what you do, but who you are? I think when I think about just legacy, I can only think... I just think of my kids. Like I don't, beyond that, I can't, I, my brain won't go there. I just want my kids. I want my kids, like it's all I care about. And even when I do things like this rose garden that I have, I'm always thinking that one day my kids will come back to it and go, mom planted those roses for us to see beauty well beyond her. Like these little reminders, not about me, but about beauty and to always seek it and to always fight for it. And so when I think about my legacy, I just... I, I can only think I just want my children to just know I love them hard. I love them different. You know, our life is different. Mm. Um, but that more than anything is just that finding beauty in the ugly, finding beauty in the ashes. Like that is, I think, my favorite thing. Like, you know, when you, when I, and I'm, I'm just saying this because when I go on my walk, I always walk past a burn pile on the farm. And when we can burn it, we burn it. And it's always the ugliest thing. For four months, I walk by it and I'm like, that ugly pile of burnt stuff. And then sure enough, in five months, it's the most beautiful green grass because there was mm. something about that process that made it the healthiest part on the land. That's that, mm. all, that reminder of whether I'm ever, if I'm doing a house, if I'm having a conversation with my kid, to find the beauty in the pain and the ashes and the mess and so I don't know if that answers your question, but I I, I I just want my kids to seek beauty, to fight for it, whether that's in relationships, whether that's in their own little souls, and that the things that I'm doing externally, like I said, whether it be the garden or our home, that that's just an extension of that beauty, but it's yeah. a reminder mm-hmm. to, to seek out beauty. I love that. I love that too. Libby, how about you? I think I would l- I would love if my legacy somehow had at the center of it a love to your point Joanna love for my family my kids and as I walk honestly Alex you and I have talked about Thich Nhat Hanh and his walking meditation mm-hmm. Buddhist monk and how he every time he takes a step he thinks about putting love into the earth that the wow. energy that he lays his foot down with and that doesn't happen to me all the time. There's often times where I'm walking, I'm not so happy and not putting, but I've never gotten to the end of a walk where I haven't sort of sorted out some of that. And so it may be that the last two of my steps on my walk are back to love. And I, for me, this morning walk is really about love. It's love for being able to move. I do not take the practice lightly that I'm able-bodied to do this. I'm so grateful that I can. I walk in beautiful places, the opportunity to see beauty, mm. natural beauty, amazing you know, I, I find this practice, the only tattoo I have is this morning walk on my, <laughs> my, and it is an expression of love. Where is that tattoo? 
That tattoo, <laughs> that tattoo is on my left leg. Left leg, okay. Because that's on the side of my heart. I love it. Yeah, it's on the inside of my ankle because it's for me. It's just on the inside where nobody else can see it. Um, and it's Gotham typeface turned out to 20 perfectly <laughs> Here's, I have a tattoo I haven't told people about, but I got a tattoo. And if you saw it, you'd be like, as a graphic designer, mm. what did you just do? What'd you do? It's my mom's writing. Oh. oh. What does it say? It's Korean. It's... it's um. Chimi Ike Norayo, which means enjoy life, have fun, be present. My mom, um, she's Korean, so she has her little accent. So she knows I take life serious. And so anytime I'm like, mom, I'm going to go do this thing. I mean, literally every day she's like, Jojo, don't forget, have a fun. Like she, I've never told her you don't, you don't have to say have a fun. You can just say have fun. It. <laughs> so it's, it's really have a fun. Have a fun. That's so great. It's that reminder to just in the moment, quit worrying about stuff. Just Yeah. Welcome to right now. Yes. Yeah. Mama knows. Yeah. Mama she knows. She sure does. I know. Okay, Alex, what's your legacy? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I've talked about this a lot in my books and in my work that my legacy is really connected to my daughters seeing that they are enough, mm. literally, mm-hmm. with it doesn't matter what I say, what daddy says, their worth is never going anywhere. And so I just want them to bear witness to me standing in my worth Mm. and that be a gift for them. That's just, that's huge for me. I mean, I I often say I'm the matriarch of healing for my lineage because so many cycles stopped with me and to be blessed with three beautiful girls. I just feel like that is that is the divine just being like, you have, you have so much work to do. And these girls are going to continue on your legacy of self-worth, of healing on purpose, of being who they are meant to be in this world with or without permission from somebody else. So that's what I hope my legacy is. And I hope that it lives on through them, that they, that them being who they are gives other people permission to be who they are. Beautiful. Mic drop. Yeah. Well, we just went to church we sure did. Okay, we're, are you, you going to give the altar call? <laughs> I'll come forward. <laughs> Please do. Oh my gosh. Oh. Joe, thank you so much for walking with us. Oh, I could hang out with you two all day. Good night. What a gift this has been just to hear your perspectives. You share your heart the way you've just... I just, I love it. I love y'all's relationship and I love the way that you invite others into that beautiful relationship as if we're part of that. There's just, again, there's freedom in that receiving of others in such a way, Libby, like you say, with love, like I feel the love and, and, and in that space, people can truly be themselves and they can truly feel like, Hey, you can see me, you know, me, you can understand what I'm saying. I don't know. There's just something about that. That's just so freeing. And I think women need these kinds of relationships where they can show up and just be and feel like this is enough. It's more than enough. Mm. Yeah, mm. it is. So thank you for having this conversation with me this morning. I've loved it. Well, it happened because of you. So we are very so grateful. thank you, Joe. Thank you for featuring Libby in Magnolia I Magazine. Because without you, I would not have found her. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't be here. Okay, so let's wrap it up with our usual. We talk about our tea. I'm drinking beautiful chai. This morning walk chai tea out of my friend Kathy Bailey's Heath Mug. 
How about you? Oh, I'm always drinking. I, I had chai. You know, I always am drinking chai. I don't have anything with me right now, but... Okay, very good. Are you a tea drinker, Joe? I am a tea drinker, but this morning, because I stayed out too late last night, oh, right. I'm drinking coffee with some <laughs> some pumpkin creamer. I'm actually on my second cup. Good for you. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. great. <laughs> love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, have a great day, everybody. Alex, I love you. Joe, thank you again thank so you. much. And I love you too, by the way. Well, I love y'all. This has been so fun. We need to do it again. And I'm not going to try to scare you, but I really am going to send you feet pictures of me walking. You're going to be my accountability group. Do it. Fantastic. We're we're, we're down. Thank y'all. Love y'all. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) This Morning Walk is a production of Blind Nil Audio, hosted by me, Alex L. And me, Libby Delena. If you find value and meaning in the conversations that we have on the show, please share it with a friend. And consider leaving a five-star review. Also, comments on Apple Podcasts really help us out. When you do that, it introduces this show to a bigger audience. Thank you so much for listening. You are wonderful. Have a great walk. Take good care. The views, information, or opinions expressed in the series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Chip and Joanna Gaines, Blind Nail Audio, nor Magnolia.